0: You're listening to
1: PetLifeRadio.com. Great Pets Radio is brought to you by Petco.com. Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high-quality pet-related products. Enter the code GPR10, GPR, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com.
0: This is The Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim.
2: Good morning and welcome to Great Pets. I'm Brian Kilcommons. Dr. Jim is at Pierce Pond fishing with his son, uh, which is all good. And I'm joined today by Gina Krishank. We're going to be talking about the Dover Dog Run. Mm -hmm. And Martha Hewitt, who is the Executive Director of the Cochico Valley Humane Society. So if you have questions about Cochico, give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. And ladies, welcome.
3: Good morning, Brian. So,
2: hey, let's talk about this dog park. (laughs)
4: Oh, okay. Well, what do you want to (laughs) know?
2: That's good. We're done.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's behind Middleton Lumber on Long Hill Road. There are actually two sections, one for small dogs, one for larger dogs great it's a beautiful park. there's grassy sections and uh, uh, an eagle scout as part of uh, some of the work he had to do to get his uh, medal uh, cleared his badge is out badge, sorry <laughs> um, cleared out a very large section of woods tremendous amount of work he did a wonderful job and so there's actually a, a trees and, and they used wood chips and so there's plenty of room for the dogs to run. There's water, there's doggy bags, there's a waste receptacle, It's there's parking. And uh, if you bring the family, there's tennis courts and uh, a I think they play lacrosse out there, but probably a baseball field and a basketball court. Sweet. Yeah, it's very nice.
2: So the dog which is part of the family can Absolutely. really be incorporated.
4: Absolutely. But dog
2: people can't leave their dogs and the dog run and then go play tennis.
4: No, but they? if there's more than you know, if you've got the whole family, somebody can stay with the dogs for a while and switch off yeah. and you
2: have any age limits on kids?
4: Uh, I have the rules right here Oh
2: good, let's
0: go Uh, over the rules Yes,
4: Uh, the hours of the dog park um, April 1st through September 30th are 7am to 9.30pm from October 1st to March 31st they're 7am to 7pm The dogs must be licensed and vaccinated spayed or neutered Uh, Obviously they can't have any communicable diseases So if you
2: have a dog that's not neutered you can't bring them to the dog park? Nope Okay. Uh,
4: They don't want aggressive dogs, obviously, no choke chains, prongs, spiked, or shot collars. The dogs obviously can't be unattended. Um, They must be leashed until they are in the entrance area. Obviously, owners must pick up the dog waste. No more than two dogs per adult. No glass or human food. No alcohol or drugs. Children under 12 must be with an adult. And uh, the owner waives liability to the city for any injury or damage incurred at the park owners are liable for damage or injury inflicted by their dogs and the dogs aren't allowed on the athletic fields at any time okay so and picking
2: up is a priority
4: picking up is a priority um, why
2: the limitations on the collars the types of collars
4: that I wasn't part of that process my understanding though is that Gary uh, and Chris did a great deal of research into dog parks in other areas looking at rules and and what worked and what didn't work and um, so it was their research that brought them to that. Right,
2: well, one of the reasons, if dogs are playing and with certain types of collars, let's say a prong collar, yep. or, it can create a problem with their teeth getting caught, or if a dog gets experiences pain, uh, that mm-hmm. can set off a fight. So good rules. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they
4: did a good job. I Th- uh, put this, a lot of
2: thought into it. How long did it take to do this?
4: Uh, it's been in the work for, it, it's been part of the city's master plan for years, but uh, all this really started getting up and running probably early spring, if I remember correctly, so several months.
2: So dog owners have a new social center.
4: They do. And they
2: it's do. called the Dover Dog Run?
4: It's just the dog Dover Dog Park.
2: Dover Dog Park. And yeah. where is it located again?
4: Right behind Middleton Lumber on Long Hill Road. If uh, anybody's interested, they are trying to form a dog owners group uh where pe- you know those members will help assist with the day to day care of the park. And uh, anybody interested can either email Gary at g.bannon at Dover.nh.gov or they can call him at five one six six four one zero.
2: Five one six six four one zero. Yes. I think calling him may be easier here with that. Most likely. A little <laughs> email. So, Martha, who is the executive director of the Cochico Valley Humane Society? What do you think about the Dover Dog Run?
4: I
3: think it's absolutely fabulous. I think it's great that we that the dogs in Dover now have a place to go to run and, and socialize. I think it's really important for the dogs to socialize. We try to do that at the shelter the too. Dogs. So.
2: Forget the, the, forget well, the, the dogs, forget the forget the dogs, the people.
3: Well, the people get to socialize too.
2: The dog, big time. Big time. Yeah, they get you wind up with dog friends.
3: Absolutely. You
2: know, normally you wouldn't meet these people in town. Maybe you go to the dog park and you yep. find yourself really mm-hmm. expanding your social circle. So it's kind of mm-hmm. cool.
3: Yeah, this may be the place to be in Dover now. Is the dog park? Because
2: well, I, I don't. It's think
3: new and it's it's something that everybody can go to. It's out it's mm-hmm. outdoors, which is really great. So,
2: well, any dogs can play with other dogs yep. under supervision, and you don't have to worry about them taking off chasing deer or something. That's true. So it's a great way to exercise. And it's a safe to- place too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's safe. It's a great way to exercise your dog yeah. and meet new people and get new friends. Right. Not bad. It's a very positive thing for Dover. So what's going on with Cochico Valley Humane Society?
3: Oh, we're still... It's the, it's the height of cat season. Uh, oh. <laughs> we have a lot of cats right now. How many? I would say we probably have about 150.
2: 150 mm-hmm. cats. I, I think people don't realize that you hear these numbers... And if you own cats, which I do, <laughs> yes, you you really don't think about going. Okay, the litter box, feeding, water, right. all right, yep, it, uh, and just cage space. Absolutely. You know, 150 cats. It's a lot, lot of cats. So, what can the community of Dover? do to help the Cochico Valley Humane Society?
3: Come in and visit. If you're looking for a pet, especially a cat, we have lots of different shapes, sizes, colors, personalities. We invite you to come in. We're going to be participating in an adopt-a-thon this this coming up weekend. Uh, It's going to be a statewide adopt-a-thon, so the whole state and all the shelters within the state are going to be doing an adopt-a-thon for animals. So we invite everybody to come down. I'm sure you'll fall in love as soon as you see some of the kittens that we have and some of the older cats that we have.
2: Okay, and what do you suggest for people as far as older or younger
3: it depends on the family if it's got really young kids a kitten may not be the best thing because kittens can be very fragile an older cat may be a little more set in its ways an older cat may be a little bit better uh, it's best to bring if you do have children bring the the child down to the shelter see how they interact with the animal
2: all right i'm speaking with uh, gina crushank and uh from the dover dog park and martha hewitt the executive director of the Cochico valley humane society give us a call at 1-888-441-9876 here with great pets live we'll be back
1: Great Pets Radio is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to one 800 pet forward slash GPR to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Welcome to Sassy Seniors, a show about our fabulous older dogs and
3: cats. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. You know, I wanted to create a show to really showcase our senior pets. And, you know, as the human population ages and lives longer, of course, so are our wonderful pets. But many of us with aging pets, it's so interesting. We have a tough time realizing or really admitting that they are seniors. So, in a way, I kind of like to think of our senior pets as, as wise puppies. What do you think about that? Be sure to join us for another of Sassy Seniors. And remember, celebrate your senior pets.
0: Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
2: There's usually the scream and Jim chimes in. Um, but not today. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, we're with uh, Gina Kroshunk who is the, on the City Council, mm-hmm. Ward 6. Yes. You get some kudos here for the stove at Dog Park.
4: Yes. Good job. Yep. Good a, they did a great job.
2: Instead of a biscuit, maybe we'll look at chocolate. <laughs> oh, you know, chocolate's yeah, always good. Cool and we're with Martha Hewitt from the Cochico Valley Humane Society. <clears throat> Interesting letter from PETA Ingrid Newkirk. Uh, mm-hmm. people for the ethical treatment of animals, animals. Yep. she came out a- in writing and basically uh, what she stated was that no kill is not viable and in fact many of the more enthusiastic people about no kill are creating more problems because you wind up with so many animals that cannot be adequately cared for right what do you think about that
3: Um. A lot of people ask if Cochico Valley is a no-kill shelter, and I have to say that we are not a no-kill shelter. We do euthanize under certain circumstances.
2: And Uh, what are those circumstances? The circumstances
3: if the animal is extremely (laughs) aggressive, in other words, our staff who are very trained and experienced can't even get near an animal. Whether it be a dog or a cat, uh, it's not going to be a good fit in a family.
2: Well, can't uh, you fix that?
3: N- in some instances, yes. <laughs> in some instances, no. We can call you, Brian. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
4: uh,
3: uh. Uh, but sometimes they're just so aggressive that a lot of training just and it, they're just so unpredictable, the animal that we're we're uncomfortable putting him necessarily in a home situation. Well, I,
2: as a humane organization, don't you also have responsibility to yes. people
3: Absolutely. not placing a
2: dangerous animal in their home?
3: Absolutely. That is one of the things we want to make sure. And the other reason we would euthanize an animal is if the animal is extremely ill or in the quality of life is going to be really poor. Uh, it's a difficult decision. Uh, we don't make it lightly at Cochico, uh, but it sometimes has to be done.
2: Do you, I think a lot of people, and especially on the fundraising level, people you know, want to believe in no kill. Do you think that's a viable philosophy?
3: Personally, I don't. <laughs> I've been to lectures that talk about no-kill. Uh, if an animal is suffering, they're going to take the animal somewhere, and somebody's going to have to euthanize or put the animal to sleep. Uh, it's, it's, you're not going to keep the animal just to make your organization considered a no-kill. Uh, so I, uh, I agree with the woman from PETA.
2: <laughs> well, so do I. And uh, I'm, I'm more surprised than Me too. anybody else. Um
3: but I, I think it's, I, I think it was a, um for a while it's been a very cultural term that's this no-kill means oh we're being we're doing the best thing for the animal it may not be the best thing for no
2: what no kill means is we don't kill we have somebody else do it absolutely (laughs) so and that's why when you're thinking about fundraising and you know putting your dollars where it's going to make a difference right you need to really put it with the organizations that are on the front line no kill really isn't viable low kill kill is though yes so we're giving these sick animals a second chance, chance. right. And dogs, with some of the volunteers I worked with at Cochico, right. where they can go in, work with problem dogs.
3: Absolutely. And help
2: them get to be where they are adoptable. Absolutely. So so uh, I hear big events coming up.
3: We have a big event coming up on the 26th, Sunday the 26th of September. It's our 16th annual Walk in the Park. 16th? 16th annual. Wow. Uh, this year it's being called Pause, Pause in the Park. It's at Henry Law Park in Dover, downtown Dover. You can go on our website at cbhsonline.org and get some more information about it. And our own Brian Kilcommons will be there.
2: Yes, I'll be working with some shelter dogs and some of the volunteers that uh, were kind enough to... Uh, learn about training and yeah. they're uh, putting their, some of their hours into the dogs at Cochico. Absolutely. Do you think people realize that when you take a social animal you isolate it and you stimulate it and you don't <laughs> give it any other information that makes it more adoptable? <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we try to socialize our animals as much as possible. We have staff and, and volunteers that come in and just socialize with the animals. We we'll just sit with them, walk them. We're always looking for people to walk the dogs. That gets them outside. That gets them socialized. They learn what it's like to be on a leash. So when they go to the dog park they're behaving proper, properly <laughs> so we want to make sure that uh, our dogs and, and are really socialized as much as possible so
2: so which i know i've seen it and you have yeah. a lot of people come not a lot of people but people coming in Absolutely. if people want to volunteer Chico Valley Humane Society. Who do they talk to?
3: They talk to Elena Goodnow, and she can be reached at 749-5322, extension 111. She's our volunteer coordinator. What we have you do is go through an orientation. Once you go through the orientation, we do use, we give additional training once you figure out what area of the shelter you'd like to work in. If it's walking dogs, we give you a quick little how to walk the dogs. We want to make sure that you only walk one dog at a time that you don't, don't walk any more than one. And there are some other things that we want to do to keep you safe while you're walking the animals at the shelter.
2: Okay. So how can people get involved in the Cochico Valley? What are some of the needs that you have here? Oh, well, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're going to be here all day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Financially is one way that they
2: get
3: help. <laughs> because of the number of animals that we have in the shelter right now, especially cats, we're always looking for cat food, kitty litter, uh, anything... Uh, Dried food, wet food for both cats and dogs. Uh, We're always looking for people to volunteer their time, come in and help clean, walk the dogs. We actually have one special volunteer that all she does is come in and rub the cats, just plays with them, just touches them, just socializes with them on a regular basis. We're always looking for people like that. And we're also looking for volunteers for our special events. Like uh, our dog walk coming up on
2: uh, June twenty, September twenty okay, sixth. Wonderful segue. <laughs> Why don't we just jump right into that, Martha? You know the question: How can people help? How can they get involved? And money is always an issue, especially in these times. So,
3: what, what what they can do for the dog walk is actually form a team. We have teams that you can walk uh, and, and earn money. We have first giving. If you go on our website, www.cvhsonline, online. it has all the information about. <laughs> The dog walk, how to sign up for a team, how to donate for the org- to that. So
2: park. what does it entail, getting on a team? Hey, what the we may th- be able to do, Gina, yeah. is the Friends of the Dover Dog Park and form a team with some of the people going to the dog park.
4: That's a great idea. I'll have to put that out there. Right? You, you can get you can challenge the Rochester Dog Park. <laughs> you yeah. can do that.
2: So it's, and, get, Portsmouth. Yeah, and Portsmouth. Getting word out about the dog park at the same time doing good deed. They so I- if they come on board all right uh, how do they make money for Cochico? do they have to give money or do they talk to the businesses they, they talk, talk, to talk to businesses
3: to family friends they raise money uh, it's like a pledge system and then they can when they come the, all the money goes to the animals
2: okay explain the pledge system please oh,
3: okay if you, if somebody's interested in walking what they do is they they pledge that walker so if you want to give somebody ten dollars to walk the walk is not that long it's through the through dover uh over the bridge (laughs) and if they want to walk uh they just sponsor somebody to do that
2: so if i wanted to sponsor somebody i'd give ten dollars twenty dollars whatever
3: five hundred (laughs) dollars
2: (laughs) yeah um i can dream big can't you and it's nice to dream author continue um and then they would sign up for the dog walk, yes. and they'd do the walk, and then that money's donated to Cochico K- Valley. Yes. So if people don't have money, they can go to different, let's say, dry cleaners or the deli right. or their bank. Like any place. And say, listen, you know, I'd like to volunteer my time, and I'd like you to support what, me on this.
3: Absolutely. So,
2: so it's not coming out of their pockets. No. Okay. How and much did you raise last year? I
3: think we raised about $17,000 last year. 17000 yeah. That's not a lot. No.
2: Okay, I'm what hoping are you looking, be better. What are you looking for this year?
3: I think we're looking at about 20 25,000. All
2: right. So. so, it you know, this is your shelter in the in the town of Dover. You you know, the more help you can give them, the better job that they can do. That's so, right. think about getting involved September 26th. Become a dog wa- uh, walker. Walker.
3: Or oh. just come down and in see all the dogs. And meet some of the animals. Meet some of the shelter dogs. We always have shelter dogs available to to And Dr. Jim
2: and I will be there, so we'd love to meet you. uh, Or you can give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. You're with Great Pets Live.
1: Great Pets Radio is brought to you by PetCare Rx, America's most affordable pet pharmacy. Pet Care Rx offers the same meds as top vets, but with a savings of up to 50%. So go to PetCareRx.com, use promo code GPR10, GPR, the number 10, and receive $10 off orders of $50 or more and free shipping on all orders over $35 at PetCareRx.com.
0: Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com.
2: Welcome back. I'm Brian Co. Commons. I'm with Gina Krishank who is the on the city council, uh, war, representing Ward 6, and was instrumental in getting the Dover Dog Park, which we really love. <laughs> and then Martha Hewitt, who is the executive director of Gochico Valley Humane Society. And uh, at the break, we are talking about the Gochico Valley Humane Society, which, by the way, is a 1930s piggery. Uh, 19, it was built in 1930.
3: <laughs> no, it was built longer than that.
2: Longer than that. It's
3: over 100 and some odd years old.
2: Oh, yeah. So it's a little <laughs> bit of a challenge on a functional building level for, uh, to run a humane society out of there. And as we were talking, Gina, you have some opinions about this.
4: Yeah, uh, I adopt all my animals, and uh, my most recent dog, who's forged a little beagle, Sabrina, uh, came from Kachiko Valley Humane Thank Society, you. and uh, the the conditions of the building are deplorable the staff are absolutely phenomenal what a wonderful wonderful group of people and they do a fantastic job with the animals and uh, I I couldn't be more pleased with my dog but I actually was really taken aback at the conditions under of the building in which they have to work
2: oh between 150 cats and all all the dogs and also we're also talking about disaster relief you're on the board for the New Hampshire dart Start disaster Does animal it, relief yes, teams. Yes. So mm-hmm. if there's a disaster, <clears throat> they can bring their dogs to Cochico Valley or their cats.
3: Yeah, we would we would limit the number that we would have because of the space that we have. Uh, but if there is something that's really dire, uh, and we have been contacted before about this, uh, we would be willing to open our doors to animals so that they could be housed f- until the until the family could get back on their feet. So we would help with that.
2: So, uh, uh, well. I don't know if I'd really want to leave my dog there, to be honest with you. (laughs) You know it will be
3: well cared for. It will be loved and fed. There's
2: no question about that, but a new shelter is desperately needed.
3: We hope to have that in the future, yes.
2: So is the board raising money? Is there a campaign, or what are they doing?
3: No, there is no campaign yet. We're still in the early stages of... Uh, pulling something together to build the best shelter that we can for the uh, population in Stratford County and part of York County, Maine. So.
2: All right, and this is really a community effort.
3: This will be a community effort, yes.
2: So it's because this is the community shelter. Absolutely. So as far as the services and where you house the animals and how you take care of them,
3: is yes. Is
2: you, it, you know what? What will be nice is, is, I mean, I think the staff at the Cochico uh, Valley is five star. Mm-hmm. Well oh, I love the, this. The, our staff
3: is great. The
2: facilities are bordering on <laughs> half a star. <laughs> but think, when you get the new facility, right. you know, it'll be a five-star across the board.
3: And we'll be able to expand on some of the ser- uh, programs and services that we already have. Uh, we'll be able to expand on our behavior classes. We'll be able to expand on... Uh, low-cost spay and neutering, uh, that type of thing. So we'll be able to span in those services yeah. that we can provide. So.
2: Sue Carney is working with Kachiko Valley, Sue isn't Sue Carney
3: works with us. Uh, if you adopt a dog from us, uh, she will work with you f- four times after you've adopted the animal to make sure that everything is okay, that it's fitting into your family, that type of thing. So she's working with people. And, it's great. Uh,
2: Sue's terrific. Yep. So if you adopt a dog, there's now behavior follow-up. Yes. Yeah. What's interesting because th- this is always a, a judgment call, temperament testing. Absolutely. Uh. <coughs> so. Uh,
3: and uh, we use the Meet Your Match program. I'm sure you've heard of Meet Your Match. Yes. It's the different colors. Dogs are given different colors, uh, and it's trying to get the right fit, the right dog with the right family. Uh, you, were good, Gina, was good, great enough to find the perfect dog for her. We want to make sure okay. that it happens in every instance, so the dog is not returned to us. That's our ultimate goal: is that the animal you, is not returned to us. Do you think
2: that us. temperament testing is working? Do you,
3: I think so. I think any of the, the volunteers that come in through the Great Pets Training Program and uh, working with Sukarni and the volunteers that are there, and even the staff, I think it gives you a better idea of what the animal is like.
2: But it, it's not a definite read.
3: No, because they're in not they're in a cage, and that's how their life is every day. So when they're in a home situation, it may be a little bit different. They may react a little bit differently.
2: Well, it, it, and one of the reasons I'm not comfortable that you know what they're trying to do is have this rock solid evaluation not possible no too many variables
3: well it's just like a human you can't (laughs) humans vary too so
2: well depending you have a very nice dog and put them in a a home where people don't understand what they need to do and it's not going to work out versus a dog that mm, maybe needs some attention but the people are knowledgeable or are willing to work or they actually follow through with what sue carney is telling them yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the dog works out great,
3: and it does. It takes time. It can't. The, the relationship has to build. It's not something that just happens overnight or within a week. That bonding between the animal and the and the family is not going to happen. It's going to take. Probably three, you would probably know three or four months before the animal's really comfortable in the situation.
2: Usually it's two weeks to a month before you yeah. find out what that dog right. or cat is about. Right. You know, they when they first get there, they're a little bit like, I have no idea, I'm gonna, you know, kind of keep it on the down low.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, and then all of a sudden they get start adjusting going, oh, right. my house. Yeah. You know. So,
3: you know, going to the dog park would, is a good thing to, you know, because that bonds the, the family with the dog out in an outside situation with other, you know, with other dogs,
4: with other people, that type of thing. And so exercise. And exercise.
2: Do they allow treats in the dog park?
4: Uh, I believe they do.
2: All right. So. And
4: people have been dropping off toys, too. So I know mm-hmm. when we were there for the leash cutting, there was some chuckets. And uh, from what I hear, it's been very busy and people have been very generous.
2: This is. Great. Yeah, well, it's fantastic. Yeah, let's get that uh, Friends of the Dover dog park over to uh, Kachiko yeah, yeah, over yeah. here.
4: And we're going to
3: list uh, in our next newsletter, we're going to list all the dog parks in the area since they've right. become quite a few. We want to make sure that everybody knows that there are places that you can take your pets to socialize, be outside, have you know family time, that type of thing. Earlier we
2: were talking about disaster relief. Right. What is the biggest challenge if you have to take somebody's dogs? I mean, crates are not optional here.
3: Uh, in some instances, they're going to have to go in a crate. <laughs> uh, we have actually, in some of the disasters in the past, the ice storm, they have set up, uh, with in conjunction with the human shelters, they have actually set up uh, dog shelters, animal shelters, where you bring your pet. There are people there that are care for the animal, but there are certain criteria that the person has to have, the pet has to have. Uh, they have to be vaccinated. Uh, We have veterinarians that will come in and check the animals if there's anything wrong with them, that type of thing. So it's a big process, just like it would be for a shelter for a human.
2: So do you find dogs that have been crate trained easier in that situation?
3: Yes, if they've been crate trained, yes. If they've never been in a crate, it's hard to get them in the crate. It's hard to keep them in the crate. We want to make sure we have the right size crate for the animals that we're dealing with, that type of thing. So, so
2: as far as crate training, that that may be something to consider. Sue's terrific with this. Absolutely. And for people to learn how to crate train nicely because they have this idea that you're putting your dog in jail.
3: <laughs> for so, a long periods of time. <laughs> well,
2: you know, my dogs get a, a nice bed and a Bose stereo system, so they're comfortable.
3: Oh, so, man. Well, the thing is... Maybe I should is, come to your house and...
2: <laughs> no, I have a client dog I'm working with now. She's a very active Springer. And she hated her crate and, you know, right. how they introduced it. I mean, it was like, I don't blame you. I'd hate it, too.
3: Yeah.
2: Now it's, like I can barely keep her out of it. Yeah. You know, and I don't even have to tell her. I walk into the room. She runs into the crate going, is this it? <laughs> uh, so, but the thing is, is that, especially with disaster relief, right. in Colorado, they they have fires. now.
3: Yes. Yes. Uh,
2: So Veterinary uh, Centers of America, they're they're the uh, veterinary chain, they're opening all their veterinary clinics to take the animals. But if the animals haven't been crate trained, it's more stress on them. Right. So maybe that, is Sue going to be there on the 26th?
3: I'm not sure if she's there on the 26th.
2: Or if you want, I'll show people how to get the dogs into crates, well, nice and easy where they're comfortable.
3: That'd be great. We'll bring some big crates, all different size crates. We can do that.
2: Yeah, and that'd be a great. Maybe we'll use some of the shelter dogs. Because like you
3: should prepare. Not only should humans prepare for a disaster, but you should also prepare your pets for disaster. Make sure that you have their shot records, that you have anything medication that they have, just like you would a human. You have to prep because after Katrina, we learned a lot that people will not leave their home without their pet. Yeah. So it's pre- preparing the animal too, not just the human.
2: Yeah. So how did you pick Sabrina? Uh,
4: well, actually, uh, Jim is my vet, okay. and good, so good choice, it, yeah. yeah, excellent <laughs> okay. choice. And um, I had my first dog, Oliver, that we had adopted, and uh, we lived in used to live in Portsmouth, and he went to the dog park every day. Mm-hmm. And when we moved to Dover, he was lonely. So uh, I talked to Jim, and he told me that I should get a female. I should get a, a baby. A younger dog and we went through all the the kind of tests to s- generally get a sense of what the temperament of the dog would be so mm-hmm. I have a fairly mellow household I don't have a big yard so I, I knew I needed a dog that could be active but wouldn't ha- need have running needs that where they'd have to be out all day or whatever
2: but right, not like the springer I had exactly <laughs> round for sound
4: exactly um, so we went and I'm the personality type I could take home any dog <laughs> in the shelter and or all of them Um so we, uh, I kept going. It was right after Katrina, so there were a, a number of dogs available, and um, as much as I, I loved them all, I, I needed to think about what was the right fit for Oliver, and uh, it, it just. And what is Oliver? Uh, Oliver's a mutt. Okay. A good old-fashioned, very handsome mutt, <laughs> and uh, so it, it just wasn't working. And then the the little, my little Brina became available, and uh, so we went in. And uh, one of the things Jim had said was, pick the dog that picks you, and she came running right over to me, and then she ran right over to Oliver, who promptly trampled her without meaning to, <laughs> and, and scared her half to death, but um, they are best buddies, it it just, it worked really, really well. Right. So part of it was gut instinct, part of it was the interaction That's of the nice. dogs, and... Um, but she was. She's a. She just was the perfect little dog for him and for us.
2: And two dogs. Do you find it more difficult with no. two dogs than one?
4: No, I find it easier. easier. Actually, I, I don't worry as much. Um, I used to feel really guilty leaving him home alone. But if I brought him with, you know, I, I can't take yeah, him when it's and, real hot. And I can't guilt take him when such it's real a cold.
2: Useful emotion.
4: Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Well, you know, I'm Italian, so it kind of comes okay. with a <laughs> It does.
2: You know what? It doesn't matter what nationality, <laughs> you know, true. or religion. <laughs> you know, we all got it.
4: That's true, <laughs> uh, but no, she, they. I, I think it's much easier because they entertain each other, and and you just they always have that companionship. Uh, when we
2: come back, we need to go to break. Um, there was an article in the New York Times, and your your pets back to school blues or separation anxiety. That's right. This is where a couple of dogs can really help. Right. Give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. 9876 you with Great Pets
1: live. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and Me author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets for your free audiobook.
0: Aquariums and pond keeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Yanong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com
2: Welcome back. I'm with Martha Hewitt uh, from the Kajika Valley Humane Society and Gina Krishank, who was instrumental in the Dover Dog Park and is on the City Council. So we were talking about when you leave your dogs, they're never in a crate.
4: Almost never. Yeah. Okay. Well, n- they never work. No, when I leave, they're in the breezeway. They have their own room.
2: Okay. So that makes us feel better. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily making the dogs feel better. Because they, what happens when you put Sabrina, <laughs> who's a beagle, in a crate?
4: She gets very nervous.
2: Okay. She which shakes. Means...
4: She drools.
2: Okay. And when we're talking, what do you do?
4: I take her out. <laughs>
2: So, if she's
3: like me, she'll go smoochie, wearing
4: gloves <laughs> and <laughs> but,
2: but what you I reward do. is what you get. So mm-hmm. basically, you rewarded her for being upset.
4: Yeah.
2: Right. She's a beagle, so it's close to a Hoover vacuum cleaner. <laughs> right. Yes. So a very easy way to do this is set up a crate. You could have put a, put a bed in it, so it's mm-hmm. comfy, and leave mm-hmm. the door open. When you walk past, just throw a treat in there, and then walk away.
4: Yeah, no. She she won't eat. A, well, she, I, I'm sure you could work with her, but not having all the knowledge I I needed, yeah, you you put treats in that she didn't care. She wouldn't but eat
2: them. W- what I'm suggesting, you take a piece of roast roast beef. Oh or yeah, that hot would dog. probably work. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I hate the crate, but I'm gonna make a run for it <laughs> see if I can. Get, and if you do that a couple of days, and the goal here is not to get her in the crate. The goal here is to get her comfortable going in and out of the crate.
4: Okay, All right? that makes sense.
2: And then what you can do is you walk in, you look at her, you tell her what a good girl she is, throw a piece of food in the crate. She goes in for that, you praise her, you tell her how smart she is, and isn't this so much fun? <laughs> it takes a little bit of time, but you find yeah. that you'll be walking into the room, and she'll look at you, and she'll run into the crate going, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> So it's a very easy way, because if there is a disaster, and let's say you're lucky enough to be able to bring her to Cochico, letting dogs loose is not viable in a disaster situation. Mm -hmm. So it's getting her used to it. In fact, there was an article in the New York Times. This involves crating, as you'll understand the segue. But um, as far as dogs having back-to-school blues, the kids are around all the time. Absolutely. It's a very different schedule. All of a sudden, the kids are back in school. Dogs left alone, and they start reacting.
3: Well, it's tough. It's tough. It's it's, uh, it's like a parent. It's like when a parent, their kids go off to school, and all of a sudden, it's like empty nest. It's like the dogs feel the same way. They get sad. There's not everybody around. There's not a lot of noise, commotion, you know, socialization, that type of thing. So they get sad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, upping their exercise will help. Tremendously. Right. Also, there's some cool toys out that you can get.
3: Oh, absolutely. And you stuff
2: them with food, and you throw them, and they're going, "Okay, I have something to do. I feel better."
3: Yeah. Anything that's anything that's new and exciting for a dog, I think, is good for them because it stimulates them. It keeps their mind on something, and because they will get those school blues.
2: We're talking about crating, um, and God, this really upsets me when I hear seventeen hours in a crate. Yeah. Why have a dog? Who? Who? Is I don't know. <laughs> what, what dog was this? What happened?
3: <laughs> her, uh, her, uh, one of the dogs that we have—a female. She was with us and then was adopted, and she's come back. Her name is Peggy Sue. She's a pit bull mix. She's a really sweet dog. She's got a lot of energy. Can you can imagine? Uh, but she just loves to play. She loves toys. Uh, if you give her something that's stuffed, she will rip it apart uh, because she just she yeah, just that, has so much
2: energy. That's why they make Kongs. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. Planet Dog, and there are a couple of other companies out that have really great stuff. stuff. I would, one of the ways I gauge dog toys that I buy now is uh, the lawnmower test. <laughs> I'm serious. Do you
3: actually take it out and put it under the lawnmower? Yes. <laughs> oh, you do?
2: <laughs> That's how I found out about Planet Dog. Oh. It's a you know, sit-down mower. Thing went about 50 feet across the lawn. And it was like, say goodbye to that toy. And went over picked it up and went, oh, this is cool. This is gonna last. (laughs) I
3: suppose if it can last through a lawnmower, it could last through a dog.
2: (laughs) Right. Well, I, you know, and we go through
3: we go through a lot of toys because we make sure that all the animals have toys.
2: Which is great. It's enriching the environment. Right. So it makes a huge difference. So she's a pit bull mix. Yeah. Sweet. Did you hear about Lynn and Worcester?
3: I did not hear about Lynn and Worcester.
2: Well, the mayors of those communities, in their infinite wisdom, passed a breed-specific Banning pit bulls.
3: Oh, it's too bad. It's not the pit bull. Why? It's fault. It's not well, the pit bull's
2: fault. You know, but there are other issues here. Right. You know, and, they, and they're important issues. One, everyone's underwater as far as finances are concerned.
3: Absolutely. So
2: when you pass a law and you don't have the finances to support that right. properly, you know, it's, you, it's almost unenforceable. There, but there are other things here that really get me concerned, because what people don't realize—they talk about pit bulls and it's blown up in the press. You know, and any dog can bite. It's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's not just the pit bull.
3: Those little the, chihuahuas The, the can media be
2: a yeah. <laughs> the, the media sensationalizes it. But what my concern is is basically the state is getting the power, and this is the only place they can do this. Right. One, right, two, uh confiscate your personal property based on an ambiguous definition. And what I mean by that...
3: Wow. I didn't know they were going to confiscate. I thought maybe it would just
2: limit... Oh, yeah. There have been lawsuits around the country because you have an animal control officer. You don't know how much training they've had. All Right. So you have a pit bull mix. Well, is that a pit bull? (laughs) No, it's a mix. Well, the law says pit bulls. But I think your dog is a pit bull. Well, you know what? She's a boxer, German shepherd cross. She's not a pit bull. Right. Well, now you have to spend money to fight the state. Right. So they cannot confiscate, euthanize, or force you to get rid of your property. Right. And when you look at this going, wait a minute, this isn't just about pit bulls. The reach here and the precedent that's being set, because if they take this precedent, because dogs are considered property. Right. All right? Your Toyota gas pedals. We're confiscating your Toyota. <laughs> Because that's the legal precedent that's being right. set with this, so unbelievable. You have a lot in mean, Valley has, gets its good share of pit, pit bulls balls. and pit bull mixes. Absolutely. What is there, your opinion on these dogs?
3: Uh, w- the pit bulls that we generally get are really nice pit bulls. They're generally a mix, so they're not a purebred. Uh, but I think they're misunderstood. I think they're. I think if you treat them right, and I think if you care for them, uh, I think they can be great family dogs. I think, it's re- I think it's the personality of the family and the dog. It's not – I think they do. I think they don't get a very good um, – they don't get very good publicity pit bulls. They think that they're all vicious because that's what you see on the news, that type of thing. And
2: well, l- let me ask you this. If Dover passed the pit bull ban, I hope that isn't <laughs> even in the running. How would that? We would impa- have a lot of pit bulls. How would that impact on Cachico Valley?
3: We would probably see an uh, increase in uh, pit bull surrenders, which then would be hard to place because There's, you can't have them in the city of Dover.
2: Right. If you couldn't have them in the city of Dover, right, you only up op- because now you're taking up cage space. Your expenses are going through the roof. Absolutely. Right. So now your euthanasia numbers go up because oh. of the way the dog looks.
3: Or we'd ha- yes.
2: Yeah. So. No, it's pretty scary stuff. It is. Um, and it's unfortunate because it's been proven it doesn't work. It does not reduce dog bites. No. And it's not going to. No. So um, we're going to go to break uh, with Martha Hewitt from Kuchiko Valley Humane Society. She does a great job as the executive director. Not easy multitasking. <laughs> and Gina Krishank, who has been instrumental not only on the city council, but making the Dover Dog Park happen. We'll be back.
0: LifeRadio. dot com
2: welcome back Here with great pets We're with Martha Hewitt the executive director of the Cochico Valley Humane Society and Gina Krishank who is a city council member mm-hmm. of Ward 6 yep. okay and we have Karen on the line from Cochico
3: hello
2: okay. hey I got the Empress and the Queen <laughs> Guess who's the
3: empress and guess who's the queen? Oh my!
2: Yeah, un- un- unfortunately, Karen, that means you get delegated too.
5: <laughs> That's, okay. That's
2: okay. Yeah. So, so who do we got up for uh, for bad for adoption?
5: Um, we have Bowser, who's an American Bulldog, um, two years old, and he was actually found running around with his leash attached. Um, as we've gotten to know him, he's turned out to be quite a goofy, happy, very silly dog. Wonderful
2: okay and what's a cat situation like i hear you running out of cats
5: oh yeah we have about 250 so there's plenty to choose from is that in-house too um maybe we have a lot
2: you have a lot do you find people spaying and neutering more with their cats or is it about the same
5: Um, i think it is getting better now that we're able to offer the service to the public those in need are utilizing it which is great um, but we do still see quite an influx in the summertime. So maybe in a couple years it will, you know, start to show.
2: 250 cats. I yeah. can't imagine.
3: And that doesn't include foster, or it may no. include foster. It does not. We have doesn't. more in foster care.
2: Yeah. You have more in foster care. Because I
3: have 11 that I'm fostering.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I keep saying people shouldn't <laughs> let their cats run loose.
5: I know. I don't know why it's so easy to let cats outside free and not, you know, watch them. But dogs, we we really take care of, so...
2: Yeah, because it, if everyone kept their cat in, how, what impact do you think it would make on the number of kittens that you're getting in every year?
5: I think it would be huge because what we see a lot of is um, you know, a cat that's been outside for six months that nobody claims is their own that shows up all of a sudden here and now it's pregnant. Um, there's just not that ability to take ownership of, of cats as much as there is with Do you
2: dogs. think most people connect the dots or you know, usually people look at stuff individually? Well, it's my cat and it's only one litter of kittens.
5: I think that would be debatable. I mean I it, it really just depends on the person, I believe. You know, a lot of people have one litter just to have a litter and they find homes for all the cats so they think it's great, but they may not find the best homes for those cats. Um and we could end up with another litter from, from that litter the next year. So
2: And it's a geometric progression. <laughs> yes. So if you have one cat that produces eight kittens and two of those kittens produce 16 kittens, you know, when you start looking at the numbers, that's how they climb yeah. so quickly.
5: Yeah. yeah, it gets up there. And, I mean, they do all have about six to eight kittens per litter, and they can they can get pregnant when they still have kittens they their nursery.
2: All right. So September 26th, the dog walk's coming yeah. up. Yeah. What's your wish list here, girl?
5: My wish list. I want it to be sunny and beautiful and wonderful. That's my wish list. <laughs>
2: what do you need at the shelter? Okay, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
5: really use dog toys um, The dogs need some things to do while they're in the kennels Keep them busy um, And canned cat and kitten food, definitely
2: Okay, canned food
5: Canned food We're, we're pretty good on the dry food But the canned food seems to, to always be an issue
2: Okay, so uh, canned food And what else did you say? Dog toys Dog toys hmm? Any type of dog toys?
5: Anything, yeah. We just they obviously they rip them apart, and so we need to replace them.
2: Okay, um, we have to get a supplying kong. They have there. to stand up did, to that mo- did, lawnmower. Did you test. ever get those kongs?
5: We did, yes, thank
2: you. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, I made arrangements with the company. Great toys, great company. Anyway, have a great week. You're with Brian comments at Great Pets. Dr. Jim will be back next week and I'd like to thank my guest, Martha Hewitt from the Cochico Valley Humane Society, and Gina Grishank, who's on the city council ward six. And thanks for the dog park. Thank
4: you.
2: <laughs> have a great week. You've been listening
0: to The Great Pets Radio Show here on AM 1270 WTSN. Join Brian and Dr. Jim next Sunday for more informative pet talk here on AM 1270 WTSN.